0: First of all, you know, I just, I have to do some preliminaries. That's okay. Kind of, you know, y'all prayed for me for a long time. So, you know, it feels a lot like coming home. I, I do, I, I know, I don't know if Sister Sampson ever shared with you things I've shared with her, but you know, my life could have been a lot different. And it should have been a lot different. But you know what? It wasn't. It wasn't a lot different. My life was my life. And God's got me exactly where he wants me today. Today. Can't so much worry about those things that happened back then. Can't worry about them. You know, some of y'all know more about my story tonight, but it just, the, the only word I have is I'm in awe that I mean, I don't feel like we're strangers. I don't. But I was in their home for the first time yesterday. They just told me to make myself at home. In spite of my past. I don't know what your past may be like. Do not know. But I promise you, it doesn't matter. What your past was like. Not to God. It does not matter. What your past was like. In fact. The Bible is full. Of people. That you would never think. God would use. So don't ever ever think. God can't use me. Because no. You're the one he wants to use. Because there's people. Because of who you are, where you've been, who you've been in contact with, that you can touch that nobody else can. So God needs you to be used of him. He needs you. And I, um, I, I didn't come here and take it lightly. I, I'm, this is Sunday morning. You know, our, our pastor, he, this is his time to preach. You know, Pastors don't give this time up too much. So I I didn't take this lightly. And and all I can promise you is I do have a word from God. I I, I promise you that. Um, It's a scripture that I I have preached before, but I've I've never preached this message before. And if you're a preacher, you probably understood what I just said. So if you will, we're going to stand and read the word of God and we'll get right on into it. book of Hebrews, chapter 2. I'm going to read the first four verses. Hebrews, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for what you're going to do in this place today. And we just ask you to have your way in our hearts today, dear Lord. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Y'all can be seated. You know, I I could probably preach too long on the first word. Therefore, that therefore is very, very important in this scripture. It takes us back to the first chapter. In the first chapter of the book of Hebrews, the author tells us and explains to us exactly who Jesus Christ is and exactly what he did for us. You know, he said, you know, Jesus wasn't an angel, and you know, God, he delivered messages different times, different ways. He spoke by the prophets. Spoke by a donkey. He spoke by a lot of different ways. But he said, but in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. You know who his son is? His son is the creator of the universe. Jesus Christ is God manifested in the flesh. And when you understand that that's who God is, then the therefore is very, very important. The therefore means we need to listen to what he's trying to tell us. We need to listen to what Jesus shared with us. We need to understand. Jesus said, you must be born again. He cut it right down to where the rubber meets the road. You must be born again. That life you was living, the life you was living is not going to get it. You're going to have to die and be made new. That's what's going to have to happen in your life. And that's the message we was given. And it's a real simple message. It's not confusing at all. You know, the pastor mentioned, you know, Roman Catholicism. I lived in South Louisiana for a long time. Not by choice, but I lived there. Lots of Catholics. And one of the things they always said, we're the oldest church. I always ask him, was Peter your first pope? He sure was. Well, why don't you listen to him? Why don't you do what he said? He he preached the first gospel message. He preached the first gospel message. And he said, you must repent. You must be baptized. And when you do, you'll get filled with the Holy Ghost. That was the first message. That's what the first pope said. And you know what? It ain't changed since. The message ain't changed since. It's still the same. It's still the message. Ain't y'all glad of that? God bless y'all. You know, sin's always been a big problem in this world. It ain't, let me tell y'all something. I know we believe and it looks like this world is a total mess. Looks like it can't get no worse. Read about the history when the church was founded. It was pretty bad. The world is always in a mess. It's always in a mess. And Jesus came to give us another hope, another reason. The the, the angels, they give messages back in the Old Testament. And you know, these angels, for example... They come to Sodom and they told Lot and his wife, y'all need to get out. Because God's going to destroy this place. And they had a real simple message. Don't look back. These were just angels. And we all know what happened to Lot's wife. So there was judgment because of a word given by an angel. Peter, I really like this story. Peter was in prison. All shackled up. I understand exactly how he feels. An angel came to him and said, "Um, Peter, you're going to be delivered today. Rise up." The angel said, "Rise up." The Bible says when Peter stood up, the shackles fell off. So you see, a message delivered by an angel was very, very important. We have a message that was delivered by God himself. He thought it was so important that he came to earth, robed himself in flesh to tell us you must be born again. You must be baptized. You must change your life. So if you think there was a just recompense of reward for angelic messages. What's this text say? how shall we escape? When God himself has given us this message, this message. I don't want to get ahead of myself take my time. Right here it says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Right there in that verse, there's so much. There's... there's There's two words, and we're not going to go into Greek and all that, but just trust me, there's some nautical terms there that's referring to sailing or boats. So, you know, if you're in a boat, you really need to pay attention to some things. You don't don't need to let things get out of hand. If you're in a boat, especially in that time, because they didn't really sail too much, you know, across the Pacific or across the Atlantic, they tried to make sure they could dock Every night. They wanted to have a safe harbor. They wanted to have somewhere they could go where they could throw out their anchor. There's an old song that says, the anchor holds. I don't know if y'all know that song. But Jesus is the anchor. And you know, this world, there's a lot of change. And there's a lot of things going on in this world. But the anchor holds. And there's a reason why the ship needed a strong anchor. If you were in the ocean, you had tides. Tides would come in, tides would go out. If you're in a river, I'm used to rivers, you have currents. The water gets strong, gets moving. You know, we're the boat, y'all. We're the boat. The world is the water. The world is the water. The world is constantly moving, constantly changing, constantly pulling. But we need to be attached to the anchor. I don't know a lot about boats. Do you know what? I, I don't have my phone. I'm not used to phones. But I'm starting to like Google. How is the boat attached to the anchor. There's something called an anchor road. R-O-D-E. Not just a line, and it's not just a chain, it's both. It's a chain and a line put together that attaches the boat To the anchor. And I'm I'm not good at titling messages. But if I could title it. I would say you know what? We better check our road. We better check our road. Because you know what? It's very important if you own a boat. It's very important from time to time. To check your road. You You have to look for certain things. One thing it happens, because of the pull of the current, because of the pull of the tide, you know the chain itself will lose some diameter. The chain itself, because of the pull, boom, 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 boom. They say if that chain loses just 12%, that's not much. On a one-inch chain, 12% ain't a lot. But it loses just 12%, they have to replace it. They have to get rid of it. That's just on a boat. My Lord. They sang a song in our church that says 99 and a half just won't do. It won't do. You know, the world pulls on us, y'all. The world pulls on us. The world is constantly changing. The world is constantly saying it's not enough. There's something new. There's something better. Try this. Try that. My neighbor's got one. I need one. The world is never, ever satisfied. The book of Hosea. I think I wrote this down. I don't know if I did, but I think I did. The book of Hosea, chapter 4, verse 10. I think Hosea saw this world. Hosea said, they was always eating, but they was never full. They was committing whoredoms, but they never increased. Sounds like a rat race to me. Sounds like you can't never get enough. There's never enough in my life. I always want something different. I need another experience. I don't want to say much about this because I'm going to say something tonight. But I know this for a fact. The world offers us alcohol or offers us drugs. That's one of the things it offers us. Don't know how many of you have been involved in that, but here's what I can tell you from my experience. The first time you do a certain drug, pretty interesting experience. You spend the rest of your addiction chasing that one because you never get it again. The world never satisfies. The world will never satisfy what's missing in us. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it's a different version, It basically it says he's placed eternity in our hearts. He's placed something in the side of every human being that only he can feel. We, we chase it with a lot of other stuff. We try to fill that hole with alcohol. We try to fill that hole with recreational activities or whatever it is we do. But there's only one thing that will fill the hole that He's placed in us. And that's Him. That's Him. He's the only one. I don't know if you've ever been anchored today. I don't know. Maybe you're here today and you've never attached an anchor. What's interesting about our God, He's the anchor and He holds He sees us floating around in in the river just tossed to and fro with every wave. He's interested. You know, in a boat, you kind of throw the rope out. Our, Our anchor's throwing the rope to us. Our anchor's throwing the rope to us. Here, catch this. Catch this. You don't have to be tossed to and fro. Just grab a hold of me. And when you grab a hold of Jesus, you get something solid. In your life, you get something that no matter where you're at, no matter who you're with, no matter what's going on in the world, there's something different. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 says, We've been born into a kingdom that cannot be moved. And it cannot be moved. So our anchor holds, and our anchor cannot be moved. For those of us who's got the Holy Ghost and are full of God today, we need to check our road. We need to check our chain. We need to check our line. You know, a road gets cracks in it sometimes. It gets cracks. Rope frays. You know, Armor. God's given us an armor. You know, armor gets beat up too. You know, the Bible says our enemy's casting—he's casting darts at us, fiery darts, boom, boom, boom. You know that—that wears on armor. I've never seen battle armor that didn't have dents in it. To me, that'd kind of be the best-looking armor. It was all dented up, all bent up. Now I've been in some fights. But if armor's all bent up and dimmed up, might want to get it taken to the blacksmith every once in a while, put a few patches here, patch there, to thicken it back up. And you know, that's why we're in church today. That's why we're here today. Check our armor a little bit. Make, make, make sure everything's thick as it needs to be. <laughs> frayed. Rope gets frayed. You know, relationships get frayed relationships get frayed. There's people in our lives, and I'm going to say our lives, there's people in our lives that if you need to forgive them, even if you haven't done anything, that's what Jesus said, if they just mad at you, the Bible says you need to go make it right. See, it's on us to do the right thing. It's on us to mend frayed relationships in our life. Because our God of glory, the one he talked about in Hebrews chapter 1, Jesus Christ came to show us God's glory. The express image of his person. What better definition of God's glory than God's nature and character on display. That's what it was. Jesus came to show us God's nature and character on display. And everywhere Jesus Christ went on this earth, he was concerned about one thing. People. 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 Everywhere he went. It didn't matter if he had to go to a home of somebody that the religious folks wouldn't go to. It didn't matter to him. He would go wherever he needed to reach people. And there's people we need to reach. Some of the hardest people to reach, sometimes the people closest to you. They are. We got to reach them too. You've got to reach them, too. You know something else that happens to? Line? I keep saying line, because when I was Googling, you know, a rope is only a rope as long as it's called up. Once it's in use, it has a purpose. It's not called a rope no more. It's called a line. It's called a line. We've got to check that line. <clears throat> it gets dried out. Gets dried out. You know how often has our worship just got dried out? Well, let's be honest. We've all been there. We've all been to a place in our life where we get on our knees and pray, and we really be honest with you. I got up from prayer, really didn't feel a lot different than I did when I got down. Still prayed, still worshiped, still did the things I needed to do, but something was just a little dry. Something was just a little off. Because 99.5% just won't do. It just won't do. So if you're a little dried out today, you know, Isaiah chapter 64, verse 7, you know what what he said? God God said he's looking for somebody just to stir himself up sometimes. You know what I interpret that to mean? Don't get me wrong. I love to feel God's presence. I agree 100% with a pastor. But does God have to initiate our worship every time? Does He have to initiate our jump every time? Does He have to initiate our shout every time? Can't we just stir ourselves up sometimes? Can't we just jump sometimes because we want joy, not because we feel joy? Sometimes we gotta stir ourselves up, even when we don't feel like worship, even when we don't feel like praying. We gotta do it anyway. Let's don't make him the initiator every time. Don't wrong. He loves initiating because he's a good father. He's a good father. But I think sometimes he hides himself from us, just to see if we'll stir ourselves up. You know, my dad's here today. You know, he he used to make me do a lot of chores. Probably made sure I got them done. But he was probably the happiest of me. When I did them, when he didn't have to tell me, which probably didn't happen too often. Don't you think it's the same thing? It's the exact same thing. Woo! Older line. Now this is in boats, but when line when line and the road gets older, it gets shorter. Because they have to splice it a lot. They have to splice it a lot. When things fray, things get damaged, they just splice it. So we've got to check the length of our road sometimes. We've got to check the length sometimes. I, <clears throat> I know y'all probably heard this story, but I'm going to share it again. There's a couple been married 46 years. I just put that in there. <laughs> Wife looked over to her husband and said, you know, we sure used to sit a lot closer together when we was in this truck. He looked over and said, I ain't moved. I ain't moved. God has not moved. Tell y'all something. Sin will wear you down. What an altars for? It's called repentance. You know, sometimes, even as Holy Ghost filled people, sometimes we just slip. Sometimes we just slip. And you know what the devil wants to do? God's not listening to you no more. You done messed up. God can't use you no more. God don't want you no more. You can't fill him, can you? You see, because you've sinned. That's what he does. He wants to beat you up like that. Our God. Hebrews chapter 1. It says it. He never changes. He's the same yesterday. Today. And tomorrow. The first time. Man ever sinned. The first time. Y'all know that story. I don't have to tell it. Previous to that sin, God was meeting with Adam every day in the cool of the day. Well, they sinned, went and got on some fig leaves and covered themselves up and hid themselves. But guess who showed up in the cool of the day? In fact, God showed up and said, Where are y'all at? Where are you at? What are you doing? Why are you hiding? That fig leaf can't cover that. I'm the only one that can cover that. So, check the length of your road sometimes. If you feel yourself getting a little distant, getting a little further away, that's why you're in church today. Because right here at this altar, not only can you get connected to the anchor. But those of us who've been connected a long time, we need to check our road. We need to check our road to make sure it's still strong. To make sure our chain is still solid. To make sure our rope ain't frayed and it ain't dried out. Tell God we still love him. Amen. Very important right here. There's common failure points on an anchor road. Thank you, Sister Samson. That's all I'm going to say. You know what I'm talking about. There's things like shackles and joints. There's things that are common failure points. You know, in the Bible, in our walk with God, we have common failure points. I like to call them gray areas. I like to call them gray areas, you know, because as, as Pentecostals, you know, there's no two churches exactly the same. And, you know, we'll see stuff going on in one church, maybe don't go on in another one. We'll see these things, and sometimes we think, you know, maybe I can do that. They do it over there. But let me share something with you. There are no gray areas in God's church. And I'm going to tell you why. Right there. This is the pastor. So there ain't no gray area. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. So if our pastor has said, no, we better not do that. Let me share something with you. You better not do it. It don't matter what it is. It really doesn't matter. I I know that's that's really not my job there. So that's all I'm going to say about that. We have to listen to our pastor. Because there's common failure points. And you know what? A pastor is always praying for you. A pastor is always seeking. And a pastor is always concerned about what can destroy the church. About what can creep in and cause things to divide us. To cause things to make us go astray. And God deals with his heart to share things with you. Because you know what? Our pastors want to see us make it to heaven. That's what they want to see. And that's what Jesus wanted to see. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? This salvation is great, and it's really, really simple. We come. We get the Holy Ghost. We get baptized. We have an experience with God. We, ha- we learn to have a relationship with his word. Now, I'll be honest with you. A lot of folks, I've been there myself, but a lot of folks probably don't read their Bible like they should. In this world, man, you don't have time for anything. So you came to church to listen to a word to help save your soul. The least you could do is listen to what God is trying to tell you through your pastor or through whoever is speaking. And then you won't have to worry about those common failure points so much. God's trying to take care of them for you. Yes. All we have to do is listen. That's all we have to do. And, you know, and it is, sometimes it's hard to be obedient. But I don't know what it is about us. We just think we know better. We do. We know what's best for us. I used to sit in a room in a prison with a bunch of people talking about alcohol and drugs. And the first thing our leader would say is All right, guys, this is where our best thinking got us. Right here. This is where our best thinking got us. We we need to start thinking a different way. And you know, obviously it's good thinking to be in church. But you know, sometimes the reason we're looking, I heard the pastor say, the reason we're looking for something else, the reason we're looking for something better, is because our best thinking has got us in a mess. So, what's wrong sometimes with listening to somebody else that might have a little more wisdom A little more connection. Maybe his row is a little more connected than ours. I want want to cross up some points here, if you don't mind. It says not to neglect so great a salvation. And you know, there's some things that are neglected. There's some things that are neglected. I think I wrote these down. Yeah, I did. There's some things that are neglected. Um, but the most important, one, I want to say it first. It's always good to say the most important thing first, because this is a Pentecostal church, and you just never know what might happen. You just never know. So it's good to say the important stuff first. Because if you say the important stuff for last, you might not ever get to it. You just don't know. It. And you'll wish you said it, but you didn't. One of the things that is neglected in our world, and I've and I heard Sister Sampson talk about it, and Brother Sampson, you know, People not coming to church like they used to. Now, I guess Facebook has its purposes. You know, people, I guess, could watch church or whatever they do. But, you know, in that scripture, we love so much. Acts 2 and 38. You know, the Bible says they was in one place. One place. There's Hey, one place. <laughs> not, not, not two places. Not three places. They was in one place. It's it's something about being together It's something about being mixed With other people It's something about it That's the way Jesus wanted it Book of Hebrews It says Joshua said it first Josh says for me and my house We we will serve the Lord We will serve the Lord He didn't say I'm going to serve the Lord He said we going to do it It's a group thing It's a together thing there ain't but one anchor. Let's just picture this for a moment. See, the world, the world thinks that pulling, the currents are strong, tide coming in and out. The world thinks that's exactly what's going to get us. But let me tell you something God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, He uses the very things that Satan wants to use against us to make us stronger. There's one anchor. There it is, right there. Just picture it, right there. We all have these anchor roads. They're all attached to that anchor. Yours is attached. I see it right there. There's yours. I see about a hundred more. They're all this way. They're all that way. Guess what happens when they get pulled? The current pulls them. They go this way a little bit. They go that way a little bit. They come this way a little bit. They go that way a little bit. You know what happens to all them ropes? All them chains? They get all twisted up. They get all mangled up. It's going to be hard to break that one. You you, you take a hundred chains. You take a hundred ropes and you wrap them all together because the world has mixed us up. Because the world has pulled on us and tried to destroy us. It just made us stronger. That's all it did. It just made us stronger. It made us stick together because we all wrapped up together amen, we all wrapped up together, the anchor road, that's what connects us to the anchor, we have to check it, we have to make sure it's okay, we can't neglect the salvation, it's great, the Bible says, so great, a salvation, there's so many things we neglect, that's one of them, the other one, I just want to mention this, you know, I, I talked about sin, but you know, in the book of. James, I believe it is. I believe it's James. Talks about a man knows to do good and doeth it not. To him it's a sin. You know, the things that we do and we slip up, and we come up here, we ask for forgiveness. A lot of times when we slip up, other people know it. That's a good thing. It really is. But there's things... That we can omit. There's things you cannot do. That nobody's going to know but him. There's things I cannot do. That nobody will know but me. Maybe God's convicted me. Maybe God's put it on my heart to do something. He didn't tell nobody else. He just told me. See that's a dangerous one. Because we can get away with not doing it. Nobody knows. We'll feel good about ourselves too. We can't neglect that. If God has moved on you to do something or not do something, you better do it. Saul said, Saul said it would be a sin for him. I'm talking about Samuel, not Saul. Samuel, when he was talking to Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 12. He said, <clears throat> "So it, it would be a sin. I'm just paraphrasing. He said, it would be a sin if I ceased to pray for you. That, that's what it would be. If I stopped praying for you, it would be a sin. Praying, sometimes we neglect to pray for the other people around us. Sometimes we neglect to pray for other people and things that's going on. Because, you know, I, I, it's just a, a trap of the enemy to think that my problems are the, are the most. That my problems are the greatest. But God wants us to pray for each other. God wants us not to neglect praying for our brothers and for our sisters, for our mayors, for our governors, ever who it is. Let's not neglect that. Oh, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. But you know, sometimes we neglect those in need. It says, you know, if you had a brother or a sister and they came to you and they needed a little something, I don't know. Whatever it is, and it's in your power to fulfill that need, and you tell your brother or sister, go your way, I'm going to pray for you. See, sometimes the time for praying is over with. Sometimes it's time to do. It's time to do what we've been praying about doing, and sometimes we'll neglect that. We don't want to do We all should pray, but we all, we have to do. When it's in our power, we have to do. We have to do. You know, today, I don't know, I don't know why you're here. I don't. We all come for different reasons. We did. But my message to you today is real simple. Check your anchor road. Check what's connecting you and the anchor. You need to check it because, you know, we can go through life and life pulls on us. The world pulls on us. And, and, you know, the anchor's holding just fine. The anchor's not going to be moved, y'all. The anchor's not going to budge one iota. But what connects us to the anchor, it gets damaged. It gets frayed. And today what I really, really want you to do is check it. Check it. Examine it. Look at it like you ain't never looked at it in a long time. If if you're not connected, today's a good day to get connected. It's a great day. I mean, the world, it will toss you and turn you, spit you out, use you up. I'm going to tell you something. You know, if you ain't never, if you're you're in the world, you never had the Holy Ghost, and you're here today maybe because things ain't going good in your life, and you're looking for something different, You had a low point in your life. If you go back out today, after being in the presence of God, after having an opportunity to get connected to the anchor, I can say this with all assurance, because I've been there. Gravity is something God invented. Gravity is a law of physics, a law of nature. If, if, If your bottom, the way you felt that got you here today, Is not low enough Just go on back out there Because you will keep getting lower Gravity will keep getting you lower Trust me I know I know I Would y'all just stand The music y'all play or whatever I don't know if I spoke long enough Or not long enough but, But here's what I do know I said what God wanted me to say today. If you haven't checked your anchor road in a while, these altars, they're open. And today, we need to check it. We need to make sure we're connected. We need to make sure our our, our road ain't frayed, it ain't dried out, it ain't cracked. Check our common failure points. If you've never been connected to the anchor today, Today's a good day to get connected. It's a good day. If you felt anything in this service, that's because God was pulling to you. God was drawing you. He was throwing a rope to you. Say, come on, I'm here. I'm steady. I'm not going to be moved. Get connected to me today. God loves us. He wants to be connected to us. I love y'all and I appreciate y'all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. The anchor.